This is Steve Thompson, and today we're starting chapter 7, reading the first 24 verses. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters, and Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, Now's not the right time for me to go, but you can go anytime. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on. I'm not going to this festival because my time has not yet come. After saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. But after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went, though secretly staying out of public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued, he's a good man, but others said, he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Then, midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. So Jesus told them, My message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves, but a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Moses gave you the law, but none of you obeys it. In fact, you are trying to kill me. The crowd replied, You're demon-possessed. Who's trying to kill you? Jesus replied, I did one miracle on the Sabbath, and you were amazed. But you work on the Sabbath, too, when you obey Moses' law of circumcision. Actually, this tradition of circumcision began with the patriarchs long before the law of Moses. For if the correct time for circumcising your son falls on the Sabbath, you go ahead and do it as not to break the law of Moses. So why should you be angry with me for healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. So we're only a third of the way through this book of John, and Jesus heads to Jerusalem, located right in the heart of Judea, and will spend the rest of his time there in this gospel. John's gospel, his biography of Jesus, wants to focus on the ideas and events that lead up to Jesus's demise. He takes us right into the heart of the fight and to the betrayal that would leave an innocent man alone and murdered. It was the festival of shelters, a festival designed to help the people of God never forget their roots, never forget where they came from when they wandered the wilderness completely dependent on God for everything, food, water, protection, direction, everything. And yet, when the bread of life the streams of living water, the way, the truth, the life shows up. 
they don't even recognize God in it. The irony is supposed to be overwhelming. But hindsight is twenty twenty, right? I mean, even John admitted there was so much that they didn't realize until after they saw him resurrected. One of the first things that jumped out at me was this exchange that he had with with his brothers. Evidently, they had witnessed some of his miracles, or at least they had heard about them, but they weren't in any way, shape, or form convinced that he was who he claimed to be. They were either jealous of their celebrity brother, or they thought he was nuts. Either way, they weren't going to let a great opportunity go by without giving him a hard time or just mocking him. But what I find intriguing is Jesus' response. Leave me alone. It's not my time yet. You guys just go on without me. So what was Jesus doing? Was he being deceitful or tricky? Was he fully wanting to keep flying under the radar, especially in Jerusalem, so that and, and he knew he couldn't trust anyone, not even, or especially even his brothers. Or was he being completely honest and was waiting on a directive from somewhere else, someone else? I mean, it's totally possible that he was just being, uh, quote, wise as serpents and innocent as doves, unquote, as he warned his disciples in Matthew. But I really get the impression that he was just waiting it wasn't time yet. He needed to hear from his dad first before he did anything, and he hadn't heard anything. I only do what I see my father doing. He's a man under authority. And this convicts me. (laughs) I so desperately want to live a life like Jesus's that is filled with the power and leading of the Holy Spirit But my will actually lags so far behind my mind's desire to do the right thing. There's just so many things that I could list out for you right now that I have clearly felt the Spirit's prompting to do that I have not yet done with. Uh, Done, period. Um, Whether it is having to do with... um, when and where I, I, or how much I pray, or uh, needing to speak to somebody that I don't follow up with, or, or stop doing something that is perfectly neutral, but I feel like the Spirit has asked me to just maybe give up, and I haven't done it, or I started and then I fizzled out, and I didn't follow through on it. I'm amazed at how weak I am. I'm so easily distracted. I'm so easily entertained or lulled into comfort. And if I stop and think about it, I wonder if it's that I too easily forget that I'm also a man under authority. If I really understood who Jesus is, and if I really understood what was at stake by entering into his life or just dabbling around with it, versus just dabbling around with it, If only I would just start to do the prompting, it would become a habit of obedience, right? It would just get easier and easier to follow those prompts if I'd just be faithful to say yes and follow through on those first few, right? I think that's right. That's where I'm at right now anyways. And I felt like I needed to share that with you 
in case you were in the same boat too. Just waiting for the Father's direction. I'll wrap up with one more point that I felt was worth making out of this section. Jesus again takes the gloves off after following his father's lead and stepping out of the shadows halfway through the festival to begin teaching in the very public temple courts. And he jabs and probably even uppercuts with this assertion that anyone who truly wants to do the will of God would recognize that my teaching is clearly from the God of our ancestors, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the Hebrew Bible. But the crowds and these fully committed religious leaders, and sometimes myself, they've witnessed these miracles. They've been blown away at the depth and authority of his teaching that is so different than the way most speakers they've heard have taught. And yet there's no faith. There's no humble response. There's only fear. There's defensiveness. And with the final line of our passage that we read today, I feel like the Holy Spirit is asking us to stop and explore why. If there's any fear or defensiveness when it comes to something God has revealed to us or asked of us, why? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Look at your motives. Stop. Reflect. How is God getting your attention right now? Why do you do the things you do? The right, good, moral things you do. Why? Why are you really running from things that you sense Jesus is asking you to do? What is your system for judging one sin as worse than another? Or even how are you judging one thing as better than another? Why are you uncomfortable with God's silence or lack of doing things the way you've asked him to do it? Why is the way you've organized your life better than the one he's offering? And I hear Jesus' words, look beneath the surface so you can gain wisdom and insight and judge correctly. So Father, again, we throw ourselves on your mercy and grace and ask that you would gently speak to us, (laughs) maybe sparing us the verbal jabs and uppercuts. And help us to discern our motives and why we're doing certain things and not doing others. Lord, speak to us again today as we engage with your word and ultimately want to seek to live life as Jesus did and to enter into this abundant and full life today. So Lord, speak and lead and give us the courage to say yes and follow through. I ask it in your name. Amen.